Plans for a new apartment tower in East Village are raising eyebrows because of how they're handling subsidized housing. The developer Pinnacle plans to build a 58-unit low-income housing complex right next to a market one. They're using a rule that allows the developer to avoid fees if they build the required housing within a mile of a project. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Phil Molnar, you're a business reporter for the Union-Tribune, and there's this new development going up that's somewhat controversial when it comes to how it's dealing with some subsidized housing. Why don't you explain, what is this new project from Pinnacle? Well, that's correct, Daniel. This project is called Pinnacle Pacific Heights in East Village. And in its simplest, it's one big tower, market rate tower, where people will pay normal rent. And then down at the bottom, there's a separate tower, not really attached to the building, where they're going to put all the low-income housing. So the low-income housing is going to have a separate entrance. It's going to have separate elevators, separate access to amenities. And the low-income renters will not be able to access a lot of the cool stuff on the market rate side, which is like a sky deck, a pool, a spa. And, yeah, so that's kind of the first thing that jumps out at you about it. Because Pinnacle has all of these projects that are spread out, but within a one-mile radius, they're able to use that one rule to their benefit, right? Yeah, correct. So basically, the low-income housing we're talking about, it's coming from the requirements for three separate buildings. And rather than put that in with the buildings, they just have this one off to the side that's eight stories, and it's all going to go in that one. And because of that one-mile rule you just mentioned, they're able to do it legally under city law. So is this the first time this kind of separation has occurred in an apartment complex like this? Well, that's interesting. So I talked to the downtown planning agency, and the answer I got back was, as far as they know, it's the first time someone's done Mm -hmm. this. So it's not the best answer in the world. But I can't recall it ever happening since I've been at the paper. And it's a very weird part of the law that basically says you can build that low-income housing required for your apartment building as long as it's within one mile of that structure. But I've never seen anybody actually do it before this. And uh, Pinnacle also has other apartment complexes nearby, right? Yeah. So for especially for like commuters downtown, Pinnacle on the Park is their big project. It's one really large, like 490 feet in the air, yellow building, apartment residential. And then right next to it, they're building a second one that's red. So it's the two big yellow and red buildings. The ketchup and mustard bottles? Yes. Oh, that is correct. Oh, man, you should work marketing. (laughs) So is this one mayonnaise? Uh, I don't know what color you'd call this one. I've printed out a black and white photo, and I don't remember. And it doesn't have that stripe, so it doesn't have that same kind of look to it, per se. Yes, but we shall call it the mayonnaise building for now on. Fair enough. Anyway, this division between the haves and haves-nots, literally... It's controversial. This happened before. Why don't you explain the controversy in New York when this poor door kind of meme happened? So what happened in New York, there was a building in Upper Manhattan that had, similar to this, it provided low-income units, which provided apartments for poorer people to live in Upper Manhattan, et cetera, et cetera. But it had a separate door uh, to get in and had, like, less amenities, less access to stuff. And it was called, nicknamed by the New York Post, the Poor Door. 
and they even called it like a financial apartheid. <laughs> they wow. used some pretty good language, but you know, it's just it was kind of a funny story. Like, I mean, like you know, the poor people you enter in this entrance here, you know, you don't get to go in the main lobby and. I mean, I, I feel like in some shape or form that's been in our country since the beginning, you know. And uh, but anyways, so there's this huge, huge controversy about it. People got really up in arms, and eventually the New York mayor stepped in, and he included it in another bill. But basically, they made it a law that you can't have separate entrances and separate common areas for your low income and your market rate renters. So uh, I imagine in California, those kind of rules protections aren't in place, right? Not in San Diego, because apparently that's now going to happen, exactly what we talked about in New York. Something a little different that's happening here is that there is such a push to get more low-income housing. We have Mm -hmm. such a housing crunch here. And an important thing to remember is New York City does have rent control. Mm -hmm. Pretty weak form, but they do have it. We don't have anything like that out here. And we have a way – we have a really big shortage of housing. So – it just tells you about the climate we're in because people I interview about this, they're like, well, yeah, it's weird. you got separate buildings, but at least we're getting like nearly 60 units downtown of affordable units. I mean, it's just people are so starved to get these low-income housing units. And where the place will be located is right across from San Diego City College and three high schools nearby, mm-hmm. not to mention bus stops, trolley. So it's kind of the perfect transit oriented development that the city is trying to push. All right. In San Diego, the way our laws work is you can either put low income housing in your new building or you can pay something called the in lieu fee. Uh-huh. So most developers will, not most developers, but a lot of developers might pay that fee, like a few million dollars, just so they don't have to put the low-income units in. Because recently we've seen mostly luxury developments, right? It's true, but something that people don't really know is a ton of those have low-income units. Uh-huh. I sneak it into all my stories, but the truth is a lot of times they've got like 10, 15 units. So this is actually kind of going against the norm. Normally they like will put the low-income units like towards the bottom, three, four, five floor, and then all the top layers will be, you know more expensive. But here's a point I wanted to make. And this was given to me by some fancy professor who knows all about inclusionary housing, is that if Pinnacle, in fact, decided not to build, just pay the in lieu fee and not build this low-income housing Uh in their kind of poor door area, that means they would have to pay the fee. And that fee would go then to the city, who would then use that money, allocate it through different federal sources, blah, blah, blah and basically build a building that was all low-income housing just somewhere else. And it wouldn't be right there at that prime location. So as much as, you know, I'd love to say, San Diego's poor door, let's go viral, blah, blah, blah. The truth is, like, oh, man, it's, it's complicated, and there's a lot of different opinions about it. And it's one thing when you're talking about a project that's, you know, has not broken ground, things are still being created, versus something that actually exists. So... We'll see when the actual thing is built. Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, this project, uh, Pinnacle Pacific Heights, has only had one public hearing. But through rules through the downtown planning agency, if you have low-income housing, it gets Uh fast-tracked. So believe it or not, tomorrow, Wednesday, will be the last public hearing of it. And I don't know. I I get in trouble. Maybe I'm going to vote that it passes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And if not, you'll have a story if it doesn't. Yeah. I'm going to write the story no matter what, but I got a feeling it's leaning towards passage. 
Um, although that might have been a different story if it was actually voted on by like the city council or something. But this is Civic San Diego, the downtown pl- planning agency, and they're a little more pragmatic, a uh-huh. little more cognizant of actual housing shortages and willing to do something about it. It's not something that I've seen a lot of other government agencies. A lot of things are going on in housing in San Diego. Can you kind of give us the the bigger picture? What's going on like citywide? So the majority of development we're seeing uh, being built right now is luxury development. Another way, a real estate way of doing is Class A. Um, the reason for that, developers say, is because they need their projects to pencil out because there's so many regulations and so much other hoopla. It must be really tough to be a developer. They must be super poor. But anyways, they say it all the time. We need this project to pencil out, pencil out, pencil out. As in making money. Yes. And for them to do that, they need to have higher rents to get this all done. Um, We have started to see, though, a bit of a stagnation in rents Mm -hmm. here. We're not... I mean, there was one time, uh, 2015, one quarter, where rents went up like 7.5% in a year. Um, Now we're seeing it more around like 2%, 1%. So I think there are actually more deals to be had out there than maybe a couple years ago. And uh, as far as the state of housing goes, this is economic theory that sometimes I'm not quite sure is correct, but it's something that's repeated a lot by people that have like PhDs and whatnot. But so much luxury housing kind of makes all those sort of richer renters or more affluent renters, they're able to come downtown San Diego and rent an apartment. Mm -hmm. So like that means me and you aren't fighting them for an apartment in Hillcrest, North Park, Golden Hill, National City. You know, whereas if they didn't have these nicer apartments downtown that they could actually afford monthly somehow, Mm -hmm. um, it might be hurting the, the poorer people. So even though um, if I go out to a bar, if I go uh, talk to my friends, everyone's so mad about all this high-end housing. It's ridiculous. It's the high-end. But the, but it's still a supply in the it's end. It's still supply in the end, and, you know, there is some benefit to it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, about- this isn't, you know, apples where you have a, a flash sale and you have to buy all these apples. It's, it's housing, so it takes a while for the market to move. Yes, exactly. It's, it's so strange sometimes because we had this one time – last year towards the beginning of the year when like it was something crazy like six big towers all opened at once in downtown san diego Mm -hmm. and you saw like our vacancy rate like shoot up and you know i had all these editors like oh the market's falling out blah 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 phil you got to write about it and everyone i talked to said the same thing it's like dude just chill out it's just a bunch of new apartments that opened give it a couple months and sure enough, a couple months later, that vacancy rate just dropped so much. And those apartments filled up. Even ones that I was like, you know, there's been some really luxury apartments that have opened up in some areas of downtown that I wouldn't want to live in. And I would think some people wouldn't want to, but they fill up, which is insane to me. But they just do every time. And it seems like with the changes that are going on downtown broadly, there's this push from a variety of agencies to get kind of the new tech class to move downtown. So I guess having these luxury apartments for people who are moving, making you know six-figure salaries is kind of one piece of that puzzle. It is, definitely. I mean, the, the only thing I'll say about that is for right now, a lot of those big tech companies just want to be in Sorrento Valley, mm-hmm. where all the other big companies are, Qualcomm, blah, blah, blah. 
and they just do not want to be downtown. But what you said is so correct. It's a piece of the puzzle down here, and that's what a lot of the business groups are, chambers of commerce. They're really hoping that some of those big companies are going to locate down here because this is where we're building all the housing. And unfortunately, right now, a lot of the people that can afford the rents downtown actually work up north in that Sorrento Valley area. So we have a lot of people commuting from downtown to the suburbs, in a sense. You know, we have a reverse commute thing going on in San Diego, which is which is pretty wild. It's a weird problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I know. San Diego has all these weird problems like, oh, man, we've got so much tourism money, but, oh, wait, the tourism jobs don't pay that much, so we better get some more of this, you know, like... Ah, it sucks that we're flush with cash today, you know, so gold-plated problems is what we call it here in San Diego. All right, Phil Molnar, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. In other development news, North Park is finally getting a mini-park. The half-acre park behind the North Park Observatory will become a public gathering space with the groundbreaking scheduled for later this year. The plan includes a climbing structure for kids, interactive music pieces, a stage for performances, and a screen for movie viewings. The plaza area will also have concrete tables and chairs, game tables, and other equipment options like a supersized chess set. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrip.com slash podcasts. Until next time.